Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill, the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. Today is Monday, September 25th, 2023. This is edition number 165 of season 8 as we continue our um, our journey uh, through the Westminster Confession of Faith. Today we take up chapter 29, paragraph number 6. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, as we again come to your word and we come to uh, continue studying the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, we thank you first that you've given it to us, that it might strengthen us in our journey, our walk with you. We pray that we would learn and understand the things that you've given to us in your word. We pray that you'd forgive us for the ways in which we fall short of your glory, uh, ways in which we uh, sin against you and uh, those things of omission and commission, ways which we transgress the very law of the living and true God. We pray that your word would help us, it would encourage us, strengthen us, and as we study these things, we might do that which we study, things that we hear. We pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, we turn our attention now to chapter uh, 29, paragraph number 6, again uh, reminding you that as we have uh, seen from time to time throughout our study of the Westminster Confession of Faith, um, that there are times within the Confession that there are some items that the Westminster divines, those gathered at the Westminster Abbey there in London, um, handled, dealt with uh, subjects of which uh, they respond in a very polemic way, and this paragraph is certainly one of those um, those items. Paragraph number six says that that doctrine which maintains a change of the substance of bread and wine into the substance of Christ's body and blood, commonly called transubstantiation, by consecration of a priest or by any other way, is repugnant not to scripture alone, but even to common sense and reason. Overthroweth the nature of the sacrament and hath been and is the cause of manifold superstitions, yea, of gross idolatries. Acts chapter 3, verse 21, Whom the heaven must receive unto the times of restitution of all things which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. 1 Corinthians 11, 24-26, And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had support, uh, when he had supped, saying, "This cup is the New Testament in my New Testament in my blood. This de- do ye as often as ye eat, drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come." Now, this paragraph is a response to the Roman Catholic doctrine of transubstantiation, in which they argue uh, wrongly that uh, when the priest Uh, during the Mass, uh, consecrates the bread and the wine, it turns literally into the very body and the very blood of Christ. Now, just on its face, as the paragraph plainly tells us, this really is contrary to common sense. It's repugnant in its thought and in its its advance to think that those elements, uh, bread and wine, uh, turn literally into the body of Christ, turns us into cannibals uh, in very clear and obvious ways. It does violence, in fact, to the understanding of the New Testament use of simile and metaphor. 
And in fact, numerous times throughout the gospel record, Jesus would often refer to himself as either the door, the gate, uh, the bread of life, he is the light of the world, he is the good shepherd. All, all of these things are designed to highlight an aspect or ministry of Christ, but they are in no way to be interpreted in a sense that literally Jesus Christ is the door, literally he is a gate, literally he is a light. Uh, those are all metaphors designed to help us further understand the ministry and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. The other problem, of course, with this view of transubstantiation, combined with even the view that is not mentioned here in this paragraph, but the uh, view that um, the Lutheran Church holds, consubstantiation, that the presence of Christ is bodily present with, under, and alongside of the sacrament. It somehow it seeks to skirt the full-orbed um, error of transubstantiation, but in, in, in making their statements, they commit the same, uh, they commit a fundamental error as well. Now, I've been reading through uh, Sinclair Ferguson's book, Some Pastors and Teachers, reflecting a biblical vision of what every minister is called to be. And in the chapter um, in which uh, Dr. Ferguson is dealing with the um, John Calvin's view on the reality of the Incarnation. There's an interesting section here in which uh, Dr. Ferguson makes the following comment. It begins on page 86, if you have the book. But in any case, uh, he writes, The Son of God took our human nature in order to redeem us. It is axiomatic with Calvin that unless Christ is really one of us, united to us by, common, by a common nature, and that his human nature is identical to ours, sin apart, he cannot be our Savior. This explains his problem, that is to say Calvin's problem, with the Lutheran doctrine of the ubiquity of the resurrected humanity of Christ, which lies behind the Lutheran view of the real presence of Christ in the Lord's Supper. It no longer remains authentic humanity. The one who possesses it could not save us because he is not really one of us. Now, it is important to recognize, of course, that when we're talking about the humanity of Christ, we are talking about a one who has gone to his father's right hand. He is not ubiquitous in the sense of his humanity. He is present with us by the Spirit, and that is the proper Reformed understanding of the Lord's Supper, that the presence of Christ is with us by his Spirit and not by any real presence physically at all. And so this doctrine of transubstantiation in which somehow, some, in some mysterious, magical way, the bread and the wine turn literally into those things that they represent, does violence against the very human nature of Christ. The Lutheran view as well does violence against the literal human nature of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I appreciate the fact that in our world today, we want to spend a great deal of time protecting the deity of Christ, and we ought to and we must, but we must not do it to the exclusion of his human nature, yet without sin. And so we must take Christ as offered in the Gospels, both, the God, both God and man, and we must not do violence against either side of those items, uh, lest we do violence against the Savior uh, himself. And so this whole notion that um, the substance of the bread and wine turns literally into the substance of Christ's body and blood is a hermeneutical error of the greatest order. It is a fallacy. It is a misunderstanding, frankly, of the 
of the uh, hypostatic union, that is to say, the union between God and man. Um, and it, it, of course, is seriously repugnant uh, to uh, common uh, sense. Dr. Van Dixorn, in his commentary on page 395, says this about the doctrine of transubstantiation. He says, Transubstantiation and the family of associated theories are also contrary to common sense. We should not require a simile in order to identify a metaphor. When Jesus stated that the bread or wine was his body or blood, we should not need for him to spell out that he means that the bread or wine is like his body or blood. Or even, as I w might uh, uh, prefer to put it, uh, represent his body and blood. It is no exaggeration, he says, to say that the idea of a physical presence of our Lord in the Lord's Supper theologically and linguistically overthrows the nature of the sacrament, but also historically has been the cause of many superstitions, yes, even obscene idolatries. It leads, of course, to um, some sense of obeisance or worship uh, of the elements of which we are prohibited from doing. Um, and again, as I've mentioned, it does severe violence to the hermeneutical principles of interpretation, those things that we employ to understand what the Bible is actually teaching. And so we need to be careful. Uh, Rome has uh, transgressed in this area and has uh, created uh, numerous superstitions as a result. Um, because of their view of the doctrine. And, and, and just for the record, it, it wasn't, um, Rome did not begin with this particular view. This view came later um, as the, the Roman Catholic theology was, uh, was evolving over a period of time. So this wasn't um, something that they held to initially, but they did turn to it. And, and as of now, they still hold uh, that view. The Lutheran view is much older. Um, but again, that also confuses the very nature of Christ, the hypostatic union, the God-man um, um, aspect of our Savior. And it does violence against the humanity of Christ. And we ought not to do that just like we ought not do violence against the deity of Christ. And so this is a very important paragraph in that we have a better understanding of the spiritual nature of Christ that is present with us at the meal. And we need to keep that right where it is right where the New Testament puts it for us. We, not, we need not press it any further than that which is clearly stated. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Tuesday edition, when we look at paragraph number seven, may the Lord help you today, and may you strive to walk according to his ways. God bless.